0: everybody real quick i just wanted to like just make another announcement real quick if you guys have done go check net neutrality guys go check it out this is dropping you have maybe 3 days left four i think around there do what you can or you know whatever we lose it that's cool you know whatever works whatever works um I have logan phillips on you know aka dirty verbs he, he, real cool guy the conversation was fun um hope you enjoy it you know yeah i'll leave you to it neutrality go five for it fight for it or you know don't at that point you know <laughs> the actions and you know speak louder than words at this point mm-hmm. yeah, i like just walking
1: around with it just like it's listening to the world. sound yeah. and everything
0: it's, it's different i remember when i first got it i was like um I was testing it out. I just couldn't believe the sound quality. Yeah, Yeah, it's um, it was nice. Um, Hello, everyone. This is another episode of Sales Talking. Today I have Logan Phillips. Hello. Hi. Thank you for being here. Um, Good day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, good day. What's uh, you you came with a book. What's the book?
1: Uh, the book is Sonoran Strange. Uh, It was my first full-length book of poems. Came out a couple of years back.
0: Really? Mm-hmm. When did it come out? Uh, 2015. 2015. Oh, okay. Wow. You're just like walking around with it, like. Well, you know, come to an interview. Didn't uh, know what you wanted to interview me about, so okay.
1: figured t- take a book just in case. <laughs> Not my uh, first rodeo, you know.
0: i uh, like, th- <laughs> like, like everybody's been telling that I, I interview people, and I guess to a certain extent I do, but I'm like my approach is more. Um, like, how should I say this? It's more um, trying to have a communicate like a conversation with somebody. Yeah. Somebody I find interesting, and you I find interesting. You are a person in many many things from what I've seen. What list off the things that you're involved in?
1: Oh, involved in a lot of things. <laughs> Please go. Yeah, um, go. Well Well, Consider myself an artist, you know, yeah. and I've uh, f- been following yeah. my passion uh, for a number of years. Yeah. Um, so I've done a lot of things and been a lot of things right now. Um, kind of my primary focuses are uh, writing mm-hmm. uh, and performing poems, which I've been doing for the longest. That's kind of the center of my arts practice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then about 10 years ago, I started DJing. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I've been holding down uh, Friday nights at Hotel Congress since about 2012. And that turned into a party called El Tambo, mm-hmm. which I help run. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I teach in an alternative school. I do uh, I get to teach spoken word poetry for English credit, together with my co-teacher, Tere Fowler Chapman. Oh, that's awesome. Which is a real dream collaboration for a lot of reasons. And then um, I also co-direct Spoken Futures Incorporated, which is the organization that runs the Tucson Youth Poetry Slam. And that's been going since about 2010. And so, uh, in that endeavor, we're trying to bring together uh, space where uh, youth can express themselves through poetry and other art forms, mm-hmm. and engage with uh, social justice and uh, racial justice issues. Okay. So a little bit of everything, you know. I think being an artist is, being an entrepreneur, yeah. being an entrepreneur is, for sure, hustling. You know, and uh, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I love what I do.
0: That's awesome, man. I, here's a. Is a question you're probably not expecting. What's your first memory?
1: Um, I don't have a really great memory. It's something that uh, was factored into my life in a lot of different ways. Uh huh. Um, I think one of my first memories is playing on the cement steps of um, the adobe house where I was uh, spent the first two years of my life in um, Tombstone, Arizona. Okay. In the backyard.
0: Is that is that where you're from?
1: Uh, yeah, we lived there for the first two years of my life, and then my parents built a house outside of Sierra Vista, in the, near the Wachuca Mountains. Okay. In what was then just unincorporated Cochise County, and now Sierra Vista has kind of expanded um, to, to that area. But uh, yeah, so born and raised in Cochise County for the first 18 years of my life.
0: So the first memory is you just playing on the cement in the yeah,
1: backyard. Cement steps. Cement plans. steps. Uh-huh.
0: Simple memory. How, how old do you think you were?
1: No idea, really. Probably two.
0: Two? I don't. Wow. I don't really
1: have clear. <laughs> it's just like picture the, it's of that. it's just
0: like a it's, it's a vague. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So when did you start writing?
1: I think I've always been a was always a daydreamer as a kid. Uh, always kind of spent time in my head and on the page. Uh, I remember writing poems in elementary school, uh, but I didn't really start writing consistently until I was an angsty teenager. Okay. Around 17, and then didn't really start taking it serious and dedicating myself to it until I was about 19 or so. Wow.
0: Why? What? What pushed you toward it? I guess at the angsty age of the teenage.
1: Oh, well, you know, I think um,
0: a lot of the things that
1: push a lot of people towards writing at that age, you know, mm. it's um, the adolescence, is such the borderlands. Of, of uh, lifespan, you know, it's like neither uh, here, neither yeah. like not being a right, kid, right. but not being an adult either. The in between, the in between, mm. and um, the in between is a potent space, little yeah, space. It is. It is. Uh, so, you know, I think heartbreak and too much time on my hands, and mm-hmm. um, the first access to music from outside my community, like the internet streaming radio, was mm. just starting to happen. Right, and some really progressive radio stations had just started streaming radio, and so I was listening to um, an independent radio show of independent hip hop, experimental hip hop out of Montreal, of all places, on, wow. a, on a, a station called Seacut. And oh. uh, I used to dub the <laughs> real audio stream to my tape, Walkman, nice. and then uh, take it to class the next day and just spend all day listening to the same two hours of radio show over and over and over again. That's awesome. So, you know, like, kind of exposure to that and just... I guess, la búsqueda, you know, like always looking for more. Mm. Uh, feeling kind of trapped in a small town. Wanting to get out.
0: It makes sense. I understand that feeling. I understand that feeling very much. And what turned the writing into performing? Um, you know, I've never really been um,
1: asked about what I was writing. You know, I co- the high school that I went to, uh, the time that I went to it was a very kind of closed culture, very homophobic culture, uh, very, um...
0: Yeah, go for it. I'm this. And we are back. Busy, busy, Logan. Busy, busy, <laughs> Logan. <laughs> That's embarrassing. <Yeah. laughs> it's all good, dude.
1: It's um, the right there. So, you know, I was saying that the high school that I went to was, um, not a, not a creative place. 2,400 students, um, really cool mix of...
0: 2,400?
1: Yeah. In uh, you know a rural town of you know forty something thousand people, so right, uh, really interesting c- culture and racial mix mm. uh, at the school um, for other reasons. But um, but uh, as far as a place to express oneself, it's a pretty closed mm. culture. So I didn't um, ever find an opportunity really until I was uh, in college in Flagstaff, at N. A. Ah, U. And uh, nice. saw a poster for a poetry slam. I had no idea what that was. Wow. Because, uh, you know, this is like, people forget that YouTube is only 10 years old. That's, like, that's true. And true. Online poetry as a video thing where you can just look up and watch 10 million slam poems. I mean, that's real new. That's true. And uh, so at this time, there's just no exposure to any of that. Right. You know, unless you were at a poetry slam yeah. in the room, you would never know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I ended up there. Uh, at a poetry slam and performed poems for the first time and was horrible at it. Uh, but
0: <laughs> As we all are. <laughs> yeah. But uh,
1: you know, got really addicted to it and just didn't stop.
0: What was it? What was it about the performing that you li- that you like so much?
1: Uh. Oh, you know, I, I'm an Aries. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, I like I like the spotlight. I like okay. Standing in front of people, I like um, the rush that comes from that and the yeah. opportunity. To um, collaborate with a, a crowd as an audience, because um, you know that many people all putting attention and intention in one place really creates a yeah. kind of potent uh, hit of energy. And uh, as an artist, it's really interesting to use that energy, you know, into in, into one's own poem or art. Right.
0: Um, and I was just really entranced for the possibilities of it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. It, it, it r- reminds me of. Um, you mentioning that reminds me of how like, it makes me feel when I perform on top of the stage and everything. Because mm-hmm. for me it's terrifying. Mm-hmm. It's completely terrifying but for some reason I keep doing it. Right. And an a, a odd little fact that I um, came across, um, apparently, The reason or uh, a a hypothesis or theory that we have such fear of public speaking Mm -hmm. is because it's almost programmed in us as for over years and years that if anybody had to talk to the group of people, Mm -hmm. it was because they were on the verge of being exiled from the community. Mm. It was their way of like yes. the one moment of being like no no i didn't mess up i didn't mess up interesting so like that's where that fear comes from <laughs> at least at least that's uh, like a fact that i heard huh that's an interesting three yeah i mean to me it sort of made sense but at the same time i don't know if it's like yeah. <laughs> to me you know i
1: was also terrified for a long time and i understand that intimately um yeah. but i also think that um it's you know the feeling the rush of adrenaline um, and other you know chemicals and things and hormones and yeah. life that happens when one is um, receiving the gaze of mm. so many humans at once yeah. Yeah. um i think you know that creates a power um in the body and, and uh, i think we fear what we don't understand mm. and so for most of us um because our education system does absolutely know preparation or education around that feeling. True that, um, true our that. Our first reaction is logical and it is that of fear or yeah, terror. Yeah, right. Um, but I think over time, uh, one learns that uh, that terror is the mind assessing what's happening it's in the body. Assessing something new that it doesn't know. That it doesn't recognize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And over time, I think um, the mind can be trained to understand that, that somatic experience as excitement Rather than as fear.
0: it's it's uh, it's almost like um an untrained immune yeah. system something that a person who never was outside and then goes outside is allergic to everything. That's right. That's, that's what it is. Yeah, it's I think so. You
1: know, I'm, I mean, there, I'm sure there are cultures, um, in this country. You know, contemporary cultures here mm-hmm. in which, you know, uh, it's completely normal. You know, like their kids kind of come up. You know, you see that sometimes with performers' children, where they've just been on stage their entire life and mm. they've never known the feeling of terror. Right, and they're all used to it at that. this point.
0: In that, in that realm, mm. it's very true. It's very true. There was a, there was a, what, when did you, what made you get into DJing? Like what? Whoa. Like, cause yeah, that's a jump. Like, I mean, you're writing, right? You're you're in the spoken word and everything. You're right. you're all about the word, and then I don't know, you go into the pure sensation of music? It's like, true. What what it's connects that? So like, true. Uh, how does? Well, <laughs> you know,
1: I mean, <laughs> it's yeah. a parallel world. It is. I think. Yeah, it seems so. I totally agree that it seems from the outside like so, such a leap for me. Oh but
0: in the inside, like I, I, kinda, yeah, I can I can see where it comes from because mute mute like performing poetry has its own musical kind of uh characteristics to it yeah so i can see where but like what 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 happened for you what yeah
1: it's interesting i mean i think like if someone had put me on a pair of turntables you know at 15 i would have been a dj from 15 on and maybe not even got into writing you know i could see it Um, just because um music was the one is the one real art form that was ever present in my house growing up mm. um, my dad just had stacks and stacks of lps <laughs> during, although we didn't have a working record player ever <laughs> during my childhood but he held on to his records and he was an early adopter, adopter of uh, cds so the, f- the five changer hooked up to the hi-fi system in the, n- in the living room was like the five changer, kind of uh, my definitely my um kind of the center of my
0: universe. Your mecca.
1: Yeah, it really was. And then, um, really early on, begged and pleaded my parents to get really good sound in my room mm-hmm. and um, sub- subsequently subjected my parents to oh, really, really loud music. Yeah, horrible late <laughs> 90s <laughs> Stone Temple Pilots and ridiculous bands that I was into at the time. Okay, uh, And, uh, you know, but, but I think that's part of the reason I get into so much education work now. It's just no one ever to me with turntables. No one ever said, "Hey, right. you, you know all these records by heart. Why don't you play them?" Right. I dabbled in DJing at, in high school, but I didn't have a mentor. Right. And um, so I just kind of struggled, and again, no internet, or you know, early internet, so real, not a lot of access. No real internet. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, for that reason, uh, I really took a circuitous route. I was on. I toured from most of my twenties uh, with a theater group that we started called Verbal Bala, spoken video that started in Mexico City, in Cuernavaca in two thousand and seven. What was it called? Verbal Bala, spoken video, bullet verb. Okay. And, uh, it was the idea of uh, combining spoken word poetry with video projection and sound design and performance art and oh. kind of being able to give a poem uh, an entire c- context sensory context rather than just the naked word.
0: Wow. And, uh,
1: though that's something I love so much. Uh, after, uh, by that point, I'd been doing Slam for about five years. and right. Kind of grew, grown bored with the of course. three minutes limit. Um, and then, you know, I uh, just wanted to branch out. And so, we were touring incessantly and um, living off that work. And so, uh, we would go to, in Córnavaca, Cumbia was really starting to make kind of its like inroads and kind of come back to the young with the younger generation. So everyone I was around was just starting to kind of turn their ears back to this music that had right. been stereotyped as um, their p- old, you know, as like their parents' music right. or like as lower class music. Right, right, right. Uh, like the, pr- the f- first time I brought home a a disc of cumbias that I had brought at the at a mercado in, in Queretaro, the señora whose house I was living with de said, you know, and like overcoming this wow. weird social stigma around yeah. Cumbia, but you know, I was w- really into punk rock in college. And yeah. and, uh, and so anytime there was like social stigma around music, it made me even more interested in it, you know? Right, right, right. And so I got really heavy into We're Cumbia. Rebellious. Yeah, <laughs> got really heavy into Cumbia and in Cuernavaca when there was no one I knew was DJing Cumbia, um, but we would just play birthday parties and small right. kickbacks and things. But then we went on. We're on tour with Verbo Bala and we would be, you know, on the East Coast or the West Coast or whatever in the states. Yeah. And we would we would perform and do our theater pieces, and then we would go to these after parties, and the music uh. would just be like annoying because <laughs> <laughs> we were in our twenties and thought we knew everything, right. And really picky about our tastes, and so yeah, uh, we would start throwing on. Cumbia mixes that we had made,
0: mm. and
1: then that led to like DJing our own after parties. Wow. And then that led to like a second paid gig mm. in a night. And when we were trying to make a living through art, it turns out there's a lot more money in alcohol sales than there is in the theater, right? Mm. And especially yeah. in revolutionary genre bending theater. Yeah. So uh, we got into a rhythm of like doing workshops at schools during the day. During uh, then doing um, performance art in the early evening and then playing a sonidero dance party, yeah, yeah, that's
0: awesome.
1: You know, 10 to 4 a.m. or whatever, and that just became the rhythm. And so, Uh uh, when I moved back to Arizona in 2010 and moved to Tucson for the first time, oh goodness, uh, I really missed Mexico. I really missed Mm -hmm. you know culturally. I was. it was uh, pretty intense to come back, you know, and uh, and one of the things I missed the most was the, the musica, and so mm-hmm. um, I kept playing cumbia and okay. started playing here and there around town, and that kind of one thing led to another.
0: Wow, wow, wow. That's awesome. So, so you've only been in Tucson since 2010? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, but wow. I grew up, you know, I've been coming here all my life.
0: Oh, okay, and you've... You've been around and everything. But then, like, so what was, so from, one, from what time to what time were you traveling?
1: So I was, so until I was 18, I lived in uh, Cochise County, which is only like an hour south of here. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I was in Flagstaff for five years until I was about 22, 23. And then I was in Cuernavaca in Mexico City until I was about 28. What about took you there? Five years.
0: From Flagstaff to. I've never heard of. No. ¿Cómo se dice? Cuernavaca? Cuernavaca. Cuernavaca Morelos. Cuernavaca Morelos. Capital del
1: Estado de Morelos.
0: Okay. Okay. From Flagstaff to there, how that.
1: That was like. A a very long story. (laughs) (laughs) But in short. If you're willing. Yeah, yeah, no, it's all good. (laughs) But in short, it was like. uh, I had studied abroad in Querétaro while in college Uh and um being in mexico for the first time in that part of central mexico for the first time it was like i would visit small towns and and feel like uh, i kind of understood the borderlands where i'm from Mm -hmm. for the first time like going over there being that far away was Uh one of the most R- surreal experiences in my life because I was the farthest away I'd ever been from where I was from. Right. And yet I was like encountering answers to questions I never knew I had oh. about why I am the way I am and why La Frontera is the way it is and why.
0: Uh, you were getting the other half of being. Yeah, it was just frontera. looking at it from the other side.
1: Right, you right, know, right. With distancia and perspectiva. And so, you know, and being growing up being a white kid and like yeah. coming from a monolingual family, like. I was just kind of oblivious to a lot of things, yeah. you know, culturally, in the place where I'm from, mm-hmm. and it took. Could I say this real yeah. quick? I would,
0: I would have never guessed you were white. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah, because quite frankly, you look like my older brother, <laughs> like uh, extremely so, <laughs> and, and I would have never assumed. Besides your name, yeah, I would have never guessed. That's funny. You're white. Real, real yeah. shit.
1: <laughs> well, you know, I mean. <laughs> Uh, I think that's why part of the reason that you know I'm kind of I am like in every bio I ever write for Mm -hmm. myself it's like I always put my you know my heritage is Irish and Slavic Mm -hmm. Um, and the reason I put that in there is because you know I'm really not trying to be something I'm not you know and I do know just because the way me and certain members of my family look and Uh being bilingual you know folks especially being in the borderlands people immediately kind of um, you know, assume something else. Yeah. It's, but, you know, I <laughs> like, it's just who I am, you know, it's just the way it worked out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so
0: um, you You started living in Mexico. Yeah, right? so
1: I started living in Mexico and, like, finally was becoming more bilingual mm-hmm. after struggling kind of, like, all through high school with, like, you know, hanging in the print shop, you know, every day with, like, my friends who worked in there and I worked in there. And, like... Half of everything that happened in the print shop was in Espanol, and it was mm-hmm. just like I had kind of a different experience with that, where it was like me trying to play catch up with them right, rather than like me being like, "Oh, y'all may speak English," or like, "I'm not," or like, "I'm not." You know what I mean? For whatever reason, it was, it was
0: like, humbling. Yeah,
1: for, I was like humbled, and you know, and like it was just normalized, just normal, right? You know? right. Uh, and I, it was just something I sucked at, and so I wanted to get better, and. Um, didn't really know what to do with my college studies, frankly. And so I ended up studying Spanish, going to Querétaro. And once I was in Querétaro, you know, it just was um, literally the most life-changing thing that had ever happened to me. And so um, I came back to Flagstaff. Bush was re-elected, which was uh, a real morale killer for me Mm. because I thought after everything that had happened with the Iraq War and everything else that... Mm -hmm. uh, it wouldn't happen. Excuse me. Yeah,
0: you're fine.
1: Uh, and so I was one of the f- few that said I'm leaving the country, and when I, I did, mm. and uh, I thought I was gone forever. You know, I was I was set up in Cuernavaca, and, and then later later in I was sure that was it for me. Yeah, that was I was never coming back.
0: Uh, Who brought you back?
1: Uh, Lots of different things brought me back. It was kind of a perfect storm of life circumstances, you know, it was like, uh, um, you know, professionally, like, uh, things were kind of pulling me this way, and then I was in a relationship that was uh, really volatile, Mm. and, you know, really highest of highs and really lowest of lows. Um, those were fun yeah right (laughs) That's only the late 20s can can do (laughs) and uh keeps life exciting yeah right and so that was real rough Uh, and then after that uh, we toured a lot during this time through arizona and through other places and uh sp 1070 had just been passed in Mm. arizona and so the name of my place Arizona when I would say it you know to uh I always talk to taxistas it's one of my favorite things to do is talk to taxistas because uh-huh. they always have like the best perspective on on things yeah um, what's
0: real quick what's yeah. a taxista
1: taxista que maneja el taxi ah okay, yep. okay. taxi driver taxi driver and uh, so anyways like you know I'd introduce myself you know they'd ask me where I'm from yeah and as always and uh you know, I'd say, soy de Arizona, and that always used to lead to a conversation about migration. You know? right. Like, oh, you think un tío que cruzó por ahí, or like, you know, whatever, whatever and then after sb 1070 happened um it had been so sensationalized in the mexican press and just such a horrible law on its face that um, you know word adisona became synonymous with racist right and so it was basically me saying like hi nice to meet you i'm a racist and uh right i mean that was like kind of the connotation for yeah. folks and so uh for that reason like uh I realized that, you know, I could have the conversation about who I am and what the tr- reality of the Borderlands yeah. in, in Mexico for the next infinite number of years, yeah. or I could move back to my place where I'm from and own it and really try to work to express the community that, that I feel I am from right. and, uh, and, you know, and amplify the voices of the people. Who I believe are, are telling truths around me,
0: of course, uh, of course.
1: rather than just kind of this monolithic uh, racist
0: idea of uh, Arizona.
1: Idea of Arizona that was financed, let us not forget, by forces from outside the state, and written was it? by forces from outside the state. Oh yeah, really? Yeah, Arizona has <laughs> long been used as a as a political laboratory for um, for uh, policies of hate and othering um, by uh conservative groups from around the country so Ooh. SB 1070 was written by uh, alec which is uh i really? can't remember the, what it stands for but it's basically an association of um, don't,
0: don't they work with prisons
1: they do they're it's a private prisons oh. lobbying oh. firm basically wow so,
0: oh, so it came from them
1: yeah so sp1070
0: oh. you
1: know like the private printed prison industry sees uh immigration enforcement as a growth opportunity. Of course, right? The ruining of human lives. It's, as, it's a business as profit, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, anyway. Wow. Um, so I moved back uh, to Arizona, and it was between Tucson and Albuquerque.
0: And <laughs> uh,
1: Tucson <one> and uh,
0: <laughs> Respect. <laughs> I'm glad you came here. Yeah,
1: me too. And next to moving, uh, next to moving to Mexico moving to tucson was the best choice how do you made. feel about tucson love it love it it's a so, weird place isn't it i said i wouldn't rather be nowhere else on the planet I, I, I mean
0: that i feel the same way i mean i like to i like to travel myself and everything same but this i feel like this place has my deathbed yeah for sure nice for sure there's something about this place
1: it's beautiful to feel that way are you from here
0: yeah born and raised cool all my life that's dope it's all i've known it's it's amazing to feel
1: that way that you just expressed about a place and it's even more beautiful to my mind to be able to say that about the place where one was born and raised really yeah, i think so because in this culture i mean so often the narrative go is yeah go, go and where i'm from sucks don't get me escape, wrong you know?
0: like high school was like i was in that in-between place of like i don't know if i'm like gonna stay here sure but then I left for like a semester uh, for college and then I got that didn't work out for me so I had to come back and um, I had a newfound freedom because I was 18 so my mom couldn't keep me in the house anymore right so I actually got to know Tucson and here I am talking to you yeah 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 yeah. so it worked out for me it was a good I don't know five Five-year process, uh, four-year process. Yeah, g- all good things take oh, time. Yeah, all good things, I guess. Right. So, you get to Tucson, and how? And so, what starts first? What's first for you—the the, the, the spoken words, or, or spoken futures, or is it is a DJ? I was kind of just
1: catch as catch can, man. You know, it's yeah. like trying to pay rent you know right whatever coming into a new community was like you know sign me give me anything yeah I can get Uh, it wouldn't have been as possible without the support of um, there was a uh, at the time Sarita Gonzalez who is one of my closest uh, collaborators uh, who is uh, co-directs Spoken Futures okay. now uh, she was at the time working for the racial justice program at the YWCA she was oh. directing it actually wow and uh, she brought me on to help teach an after school program called Nuestra Voz that was uh, spoken word and social justice education mm. and uh, so that was really crucial because that came pretty quickly quick after I moved here it kind of gave me a little bit of a regular income and then uh, that same you know those that same time frame recently arrived Um, La Cocina had just opened
0: La Cocina it's
1: over in Old Town Artisans okay and uh, they were looking for DJs and I threw my hat in the ring and so I did a weekly over there. I did every thurs- Thursday over there. Oh, wow. For about yeah. for four or five months So
0: there. you went all out. You're like, everything I know. I need, I need Yeah, I just gotta do, you know, you I gotta, gotta, gotta work. got work, go. you know.
1: And uh, wow. I feel really useful here. Like I feel like, yeah, I, I feel used. Yes. I feel of use.
0: Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh,
1: to my community here. Yeah. And that is uh, one of the greatest feelings. That's yeah, the best. You
0: know. That's like the, it's like what, what every human wants yeah even if they don't know it that's <laughs> what they want <laughs> right that's what they right, want right Right. it's to be relied on yeah in a certain sense yeah that's awesome
1: and so you know it's just kind of grown from there I just yeah. kept doing what I've done mm-hmm. you know and uh, things have a way of uh, deepening and expanding and yes. uh, moving you know and uh, now each one of those separate things branches of kind of my tree have kind of grown and uh, I love it. So I feel so thankful.
0: How did uh, Spoken Futures th- come about? How did the Tucson Youth Poetry Slam start? Um, Tucson Youth, Youth Poetry Slam
1: started uh, because I was in a position where I had worked with a lot of teachers in mm-hmm. classrooms around town mm-hmm. um, doing spoken word. Um, just kind of show you know workshops, one-offs.
0: Letting people know. Le- letting kids know the spoken yeah. word was a thing. Yeah,
1: totally. Like guest artist status, right? Right. And, uh, and what was inter- interesting about that, though, is that a lot of these teachers who were inviting me in didn't know each other, right? But they... Mm. And so, but I knew...
0: So you are like a network.
1: Them, yeah, yeah. It was kind of just a point of contact for a few people. I love that. And there was uh, a foundation in town at the time called the Every Voice in Action Foundation that later became Changemaker High School, mm. uh, and their mandate was basically to put Youth Voice on Blast. Mm-hmm. And so uh, they had heard me perform at one point and kind of just opened up dialogue with me about, you know, what, what possibilities, right? And I pitched them the idea of, a, of the Tucson Youth Poetry Slam. Mm. of, uh, you know, kind of a, a Socalo or a central, central meeting place for these youths from all over town who were writing and performing to come together in slam. Mm. and SLAM. Uh, and I had lots of friends in the SLAM community here. Right. Um, at the time, there was a real thriving SLAM community here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they really helped launch it as well. Um, and so, you know, I was kind of the catalyst for it, but really it was, you know, folks like Maya Asher and, Later, soon after, Sarah Gonzalez and um, yeah. Teresa Don Driver and uh, Mickey Randleman and uh, all lots of different folks, uh, Taylor, who kind of came together. Yeah. And uh, early on, Kurt Fisher from Sunnyside High School offered a ridiculous amount of uh, extra credit to his students nice. to come to the Poetry Slam. And that's when it really jumped really off. That po- was the first night we packed the house wow. in December 2010. Uh, at Bentley's Mm. and so the foundation had me on as a consultant and Mm. they basically just paid me to um, kind of connect the dots Mm. and then they ended and Tucson Youth Poetry Slam or types as we call it continued and continued and it grew so much that we were doing other things besides the slam and we realized the slam is a program the slam is an event and we needed a organization to hold it yeah the container So it kind of expanded from the center, like a concentric circle outward, created its own container. And that container or amplifier convener of space is called Spoken Futures. And so now Spoken Futures does lots of other things besides just the slam, but that continues to be kind of the center.
0: What what does the Spoken Futures do now besides the Uh, slam?
1: So we have a few different programs. one is the Tucson Youth Poetry Slam. Another one is Liberation Lyrics, which explicitly focuses on racial justice as seen through a spoken word poetry lens. Mm. Uh, and then another program is called Kaleidoscope. That's a queer youth arts program uh, to really explicitly bring queer issues um, that youth are, that queer youth are dealing with to the fore. And um, the queer youth Arts showcase or show has um, been held quarterly now, and it's awesome because it's like spoken word poetry and um, all ages drag performers. Um, it's and really really cool stuff. Wow. Uh, then we also um, our our space is their La Pelita Cultural Center in Barrio Viejo, and uh, La Pelita has long been uh, a space, but has was formerly a, a museum. Yeah. And we've kind of reactivated it's a cultural center and so we hold workshops and yeah. meetings and, uh, fans, and that's in Barrio Viejo where yeah. many of us live and so
0: I've been uh, there The fir- I think the first time i ever been there was uh, when uh, Enrique dropped his mixtape yeah it yeah. was a great show yeah it was a good, show. Was was a a good show. show we're
1: doing some more stuff like that there
0: yeah it's awesome it's, it's a cool little place it's a cool little spot
1: yeah it's got a really uh, distinct vibe you know it really uh it has its own personality and kind of way of being.
0: So, going back to what you were doing in your early twenties and traveling and stuff, what exactly were you guys doing? What, what was it? Because it hit. What you said hit sort of hit me of like making a poem more than just words, more mm-hmm. of a. What, what, what do you mean? Like, what were you guys doing like, exactly?
1: So it started off. Um, the group kind of was born between um, myself. And Moises Regla was a video artist based okay. from Cornavaca, but uh, from Cornavaca de FA, kind of back and forth. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he was already uh, pretty heavy into VJing and the mixing video, like oh. one would mix records. Yeah. <laughs> large scale video projections. And uh, awesome. he saw my work, and uh, we hadn't met in person yet, uh, but YouTube this time was a thing and he had seen uh, a few poems and said man we gotta mash it up you know you yeah. gotta come do that while i mix live video and um, oh, it was okay. just perfect timing for me too because i had just <laughs> i just pitched an idea to a festival uh they had <laughs> pitched an idea that didn't exist <laughs> i told them i had a, a, a multimedia performance piece that i hadn't created yet <laughs> and then then, and, and then, then <laughs> and then he came along. Yeah, it was perfect timing. Ah, so that's why like you win for it. Mucho
0: gusto! Cause take that dive. Yeah, and then God caught you. Oh, that's right. Exactly. <laughs> I'm in
1: desperate yeah, need yeah. of you right now. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, what we can create together. Yeah, man. It's awesome. How many? When a festival in England asks you if you can, you say yes, oh, I can, and that. then you figure it out later. <laughs> ah, that's amazing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Did you have a good amount of time before the, yeah, yeah, the festival? Yeah, yeah. Hit
1: me up. Uh it was about a year. It was about ten months. Wow. Uh Lead time. It was yeah. like they hit me up in like November, December for like something in September.
0: So who was your partner's name again? Moises. Moises. So like did you tell Moises right off the bat that you had this? Pretty much. Yeah. I don't remember. Probably. Probably did because I was worried about it. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Of course. It's like prevalent on your mind and everything. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. like so what, you were performing poetry while he's like mixing... Making video in the background? Yeah,
1: yeah, that was basically how I went down and went through a few iterations before we finally got kind of to that point because, <laughs> um, you know, like this is like 2007 and kind of like laptops were d- and projectors were just becoming um, affordable enough and yeah. powerful enough yeah. and portable enough right, to right. be able to really kind of pull this off yeah, yeah, in yeah. a kind of grassroots way. Uh, and so um we yeah, eventually that's what it ended up being. He would mix video and sounds, and I would perform the poems. You know, with a big screen behind me. Yeah. Um, and then pretty quickly, like performance art, in started really influencing it. So right. like using costuming and uh, movement. Right. And then we're serial collaborators. So we started collaborating with people almost right off the bat. We met cu- very quickly. We met Adam Cooper Taran, who's fr- born and raised in. in uh, in Tucson. Oh, nice. And uh, I was a visualist, sound artist, uh, performer, Uh uh, although he hadn't performed much at the time. And uh, immediately, he and I began this (laughs) email correspondence that actually led to the phrase Sonoran Strange actually was kind of from an email
0: that we were sending to each other kind of describing where we're from. I like that. I like that phrase. I really do. Thanks. I I saw it actually, the first time I think I saw it was... um, last week i think yeah i saw it on uh i saw it on uh, q's like the like dj table oh yeah yeah and i looked at it and i was like i was asking i was asking max yeah i was like what's what's that and he's like and he said it was you and i was just like oh all right oh, yeah, okay, yeah. That's, that's awesome i like that that's because it's an orange strength that's because q is using my decks
1: <laughs> yes. as, he, as he does using your decks Yeah. <laughs> But being called uh, out, Q. <laughs> 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 it's all good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, so yeah, <coughs> pretty soon, you know, pretty soon all three of us were working together and then mm. for a while we had a fourth member and then the group's kind of expanded and contracted and on and on and on. Um, but the performance version of Sonoran and Strange now um, is rather than being inside, stuck, in like a proscenium sort of performance space. Mm-hmm. Now we're outside and we have a large sphere that's like about 12 feet tall and about 12 feet wide. Mm-hmm. And the video projections happen on either side of it, so it turns it into like a giant uh, glowing orb of video. Whoa. And uh, that's the instrument on which Sonoran Strange is kind of played. Whoa. So we debuted that performance piece in 2013, late 2013, <coughs> and then toured it all through no, yeah, we toured it through twenty thirteen. Wow. And uh, the last time we performed it was about a year, almost exactly a year ago. Uh, and
0: it'll come back around. Oh yeah. Again. Yeah. Is there a video of it, or do you guys not record it? Do you guys just yeah. like do it and then like? Wow, that's the thing, man. Let it go. Like doing grassroots
1: stuff is like we don't really have a production budget ever. Right. We right. can't record it because we're in it. So. Right. We right. We have lots of photos. Okay. There's some good video here and there, but. Right not um kind of a definitive document
0: wow that's it's real interesting That sounds different i've never heard of that before
1: yep yes yeah, yeah. we're it's, you know site specific theater yeah. in the round yeah. um using video projection and and uh, spoken word you know there's other groups doing some combination of that but right. uh, not anybody quite like what
0: we're doing as far as no I? of course not this is so unique Spoken video, we call it. smoking video, yeah. <laughs> like so it. Our, our genre. Spoken video. Yeah, yeah, That's a trip. I've never. I would never. Think of that. Huh? How old are you, Logan? Uh, 34. you 34? Yep. Damn. You look 30. <laughs> uh, what have you? What do you feel like you've learned over your thirty years, like or thirty-four years? What is what's something that you like? You hold as something that you value that you actually acquired from life. Um, something I
1: value. Mm-hmm. I'm life happy to have learned,
0: and that advice, piece of advice. Uh,
1: I think you know. Maybe everybody has to learn this lesson, but learning that it's not all about me. <laughs> 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 or maybe that's just this Aries specific
0: lesson. Disrespect. No, that that's I have what they learned. Disrespect. R- I think that's an ego problem. I think they're yeah. affected with ego.
1: You know, and especially being a performer and, yeah. you know, like just this society in general, or yeah. so yeah. hyper individualistic to a militant fault, uh-huh. you know, that we, that, you know, it, it took me a long time to realize that community is so much more important than the self you know mm. and uh, and also that you know uh, there's no such thing as making it, it making it making it is a myth
0: right 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 that's that's funny that, that there's a one day i was i was sitting and, and a line came to me and i wrote it and there was no, and it simply there's no substa- there's no such thing as obtaining there's only you can only maintain
1: Yeah, Yeah, I see that. Yeah, you know, like, we, you know, in 2008, we eight, we're like, you know, in an apartment in Mexico City and have every major newspaper's culture editor, you know, outside the apartment in a little improvised waiting area with, like, a person serving them coffee and and, then as, like, they're one by one coming in for their interviews with Virgo Bala right before we headline this major festival and, like you know like wow front page of all the culture sections and like this whole you know all this shit man sounds
0: very ego yeah like, just pumping it all the like, way man give me yeah yeah Please. made it you know i made it yeah I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm the shit yeah all that that sounds awesome <laughs> you know
1: totally it was awesome and yeah. then two months later it was like we couldn't pay rent
0: that's crazy you know and that's so like crazy. there's a lot of
1: lessons like that man where it's like just like, like
0: doing like, a hardcore drug or something
1: Yeah. absolutely famous famous drug and so so many times you know like you know I will be raised up and then I will be smacked back down you know over and over and over and over and over and over and over again yeah. uh, to various degrees and so uh, you know that's the thing I, like, I think I'm as ambitious as I've ever been but also I realized that I don't really want to be famous and there's not really a whole lot to be gained from from um, being that. Being that. And and that and that said, like part of being an artist is, you know, maintaining a certain notoriety and desirability because being a poet and being a DJ, the only time I get paid is when I'm on stage right. and the only time I get invited to be on stage is when somebody wants me to be on stage so it's an interesting balance yeah. to try to stay centered and at the same time have people pumping you, me up all the time like, you're the shit you're the shit you're the shit and it's like <laughs> uh, I find I praise to be that. so
0: weird it makes me feel uncomfortable <laughs> uh, I find praise to be very uncomforting yes yeah, like thank you Like but you don't have to please stop Like yeah. don't, don't do it yeah, like, I like there's a part of me that enjoys it but the part of me that enjoys it is the ego and like that's like 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 stop feeding the demon please stop feeding the yeah, demon Yeah, right <laughs> that's true uh, and that's a that's a whole thing yeah but um it's can't say it's not nice no no it's great yeah. you know, and, I'm,
1: and, and it's not to say i'm not grateful you know of course not. No, uh, no, no no just yeah. realize what
0: like the cons of the pro yeah and you separated the cons and the pros yeah
1: i just lived with my feet not on the ground for lots of years you know mm. and um i realized that it's much more rewarding and um, i feel more of use to my community when you mm. know I, when i am centered and when i am doing the work keeping my head down and, and uh, making big shit happen sorry. but um, just not staying in it for the right reasons and of course you know
0: moving forward moving forward man it's, it's not stopping you know? it's interesting finding finding out how fulfilling it is to be human. Well said. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's it's something that the uh, I feel like the the culture we live in doesn't know or doesn't think it is, but it's it's that's a truth, I think.
1: Yep. Yeah, and uh, there are other ways to express one's humanity other than consuming.
0: Yeah. But that's like a goods. It's like a facet. <laughs> it's a facet. I'm, I'm assuming you didn't partake in Black Friday then, huh? What's that? Yeah, i Oh, Black Friday. Nah, fuck that. Uh, but, uh, did you hear that um, national parks had a Green Friday where they opened all the parks for free? Yeah. Yeah. That's
1: better. Yeah. Yeah, the <laughs> opt outside side thing yeah. I like that.
0: It's cool. That way's better. Yeah. I mean, it's something. I don't really care for Black Friday too much, <laughs> personally. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't understand. I'm too cheap for that shit. So it's the <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> uh, uh, when uh, what are some ideas that you have that you've never really expressed? Uh, if you're willing to share. Around what? Uh, society.
1: <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. Uh, <laughs> ideas that I've never expressed before.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, I talk a
0: lot, so I probably expressed most everything (laughs) Uh, do you think since you're in like you're in the school scene and everything and you're in the education system sort of how do you think we can improve upon that because I find that the school system is so outdated now yeah it is mostly in the like the the time we live in Mm -hmm. and it's doing the children a giant disservice yeah it's very true I know it did me a giant disservice
1: yeah
0: how how do you think we can improve upon that I mean that's
1: such a big topic i think
0: <laughs> I it's mean, important to like remember though like a thought
1: like, like a, a f- thought you know the reason that that I- is the way it is you know because yeah. that's always like people ask me like or whenever i ask myself you know like what's next or where are we going like you can't answer that question without knowing where you've been you know right. like octavia butler a great science science fiction writer talked about where she got her ideas from these impossible crazy science fiction ideas and people and she would just said i just look around at what is and just play it forward, play mm. the same trends forward, and so you can do that in reverse as well. And like, yeah. you know, public education was created uh, for the industrial revolution and to create right. workers for uh, the factories. Yes. And so it's still doing that, and yet we don't have factories. We don't anymore. have factories anymore. So I mean, yeah. you kind of you start from that, right? Right. And then realizing that we don't know what the world is that we're preparing our young people for. Right. Right. Whereas right. even 15, 25 years ago, one could safely say, all right, by the time you are, you know, 25, 18-year-old, right. the world's going to look like this. Right. Right. Or it will still look like this, more to the point. Mm. And now, these it's, days... It's
0: just the possibilities. Like, we have right. no idea. We can't see behind the curve.
1: We don't, don't know. And yet we do. You know, I mean, yeah. we do know that climate change is real and we Mm -hmm. do know that uh, the earth is getting hotter and we do know that you know uh, consolidation of corporate power is at an all-time high and that though we're more in a kleptocracy now than we've ever been Mm. and you can play those trends forward and see where they go Mm. but as far as like without tearing down the entire system and building it from scratch uh, you know simple things like arts education Mm. Um, you know you teach someone to be creative creativity is the one Skill set, if you want to call it that, that's uh, of use in any industry anywhere. Truth. Right? Like Truth. Einstein has all sorts of great quotes and, and writings on um, the importance of creativity yeah. and the dangers of schooling and limiting yeah. one's worldview. Right. 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 Uh, and you know, all, all invention is you know a, a remixing of all alre- of elements that already exist. And so, uh, you know, I think just bringing. Creative self-expression into the classroom, mm. bringing um, social uh, justice education into the classroom as mm. a way of helping young people understand their context. Right. Uh, even um, education around emotional ju- intelligence, because mm. there are many different kinds of intelligence. That's true. Emotional intelligence is one that we just don't even address. Yeah. And no, yet, not at all in our day-to-day lives. It's. Prob- it, I mean, it has a huge impact. Vital, right? <laughs> So I think, you know, all of the, I mean, of course, my answer is going to be poetry. Right. Um, and, you know,
0: I work we in probably enact that. that we could probably make that less specific and just say writing, no? Wouldn't you say so? Um, no. No? Because in school,
1: writing already has a specific connotation of what writing is, and what mm. writing means, what writing is useful for. Okay. okay. Right? Okay. And so...
0: So if the kids go into writing, they, they have that thought, this isn't writing. Right. 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 Writing
1: is this. Right. And now I have to do this to be writing. Right. right. And the whole system teaches that. Like, you know, on standardized testing, the reading and writing portion. Right. right. They're looking for one kind of writing.
0: Okay. So I guess wh- I, 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 I agree with the way you framed it. Poetry would be.
1: And so, but inside what poetry is, poetry can be right. anything they want. Yes. Right. But yeah. poetry to in One sense for me is a way, a shorthand way of saying the limitless possibility of the word. Right. I like that. Unlike a critical analysis essay, right, which is a specific format, a specific genre, a specific purpose, it's writing to do something, right, Mm -hmm. whereas poetry is writing to be. Right. Writing as existence, writing something into existence, right. writing identity into existence, mm-hmm. writing uh, an idea into existence. And so it's not to take you know, away from any other forms of writing, but entering the classroom and intervening the school-to-prison pipeline, mm-hmm. um, one, I find I have to be real specific about why I'm there, mm-hmm. what my tools are. and um, why it's important?
0: Okay, I like that. Huh. I never thought about it like that, but I like that. I like that a lot. Well, we're fifty-two minutes. Fifty-two. Is if you want to call it, we can call it right there. I said it's a good ending.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I will say this. Say, say, say. I'll say, say. that uh,
0: all of these things
1: are part of one central practice, right? So I'm trying to express a similar thing in the DJ booth as I am mm. in front of a group of 15-year-olds at 8 a.m. in the classroom. Right. As I am, um, you know, working on accounting for the nonprofit that we run. You know, right. it's all in service of the same idea. Right. And the idea is uh, the limitless potential of the human and the power of community. I love that. And the importance of. Knowledge and specifically equity and justice among communities. Yes, um, that is that is paramount and is. Um, I completely agree. And is best expressed, especially in our society, through art and um, many different art forms. Right. Creating a space for revolutionary love in the classroom. Creating a space for cultural mixing on a dance floor. Creating a space um, for youth to create their own programming and be, you know learn the hustle of, of arts entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Um, these are all tools and methods around um, articulating who we are <laughs> as a people and um, in all of our variety and and difference mm-hmm. and um, articulating who we are and where we're going and. Um, creating the, the world to be.
0: Respect. That was beautiful. Thank you, Logan. Yeah, thank, thank you. you so much. Um, yes. Let the people know where they can find you if yes. you're interested. and Buscame,
1: uh, find me. Encuéntrame, I'm on uh, Instagram a lot these days at Dirty Verbs. And on, that's my website as well, Dirty Verbs. Uh, Twitter, same. Um, you can find me most Friday nights in the Hotel Congress Plaza in downtown Tucson, Arizona. Find me most mornings in the classroom. Find me most afternoons in my garden. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, find me, find each other.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Logan. Thank you guys for listening. I'll catch you on the next one.
1: Really.